for people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do, to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buxing Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast. Zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it and don't let poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at AnalogSubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch
listening to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Mutinyradio.fm. Why not make a donation? Mutinyradio.fm. Streaming live the station. Mutinyradio.fm. District of the Mission. Mutinyradio.fm. Mutinyradio.fm. Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco. MutinyRadio.fm. Hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. Lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines. Vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. with me Elizabeth Stanton out of hi yes I can hear you that's perfect how are you doing you're you look great you're out of uh no one can see you because we're on the radio uh but you're you're still in British Columbia in Vancouver yes still doing the comedy (laughs) still comedy Um, what's comedy like up there (laughs) what comedy um okay since I was talking to you, um, a whole bunch of, like, okay, the comedians in Vancouver, if one can call them that, have been, uh, they've been doing shows. I'm not on any of their shows because I was already an outcast on the scene over here, so I'm not involved in any of that. I was hanging out with musicians recently, and, uh, I've been doing, like, a once-a-month show at, a, like, a little bar. It's the only thing that's not shut down because of COVID. So is it outside? No, it's inside. It's just a once a month. It's way too cold. It's zero degrees out. Oh, so you guys don't have the option of doing outdoor comedy. That's where we've taken it in the city is that 
people have these parklets tonight or this weekend's going to be weird because it's supposed to rain for like the first time and so what's going to happen to all these friday shows that have been doing them outside and suddenly what if they're what are we going to do so you guys you can't do outside shows because no one's going to wear a parka and listen to comedy when it's snowing yeah no it's it's way too cold out it's it's like two three degrees it's like i don't know 35 there wow so you got yeah you're all still pretty much socially locked down oh yeah no here's the worst part okay this bonnie henry cunt the one that's in charge of this i made this joke the other day i was like you know i'm not saying that i think bonnie henry the one that's in charge of the covid laws is a bitch but i'm just saying she told everyone that we can't see anyone outside of our household so I really don't appreciate for telling all of us single people we can go fuck ourselves. Ah, that's what they're saying. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. San Francisco, we were eating inside for a minute, and now they just changed that. So now all eating inside is done. Everything has to be outside. And so what are all these small businesses that are supposed to do that we've been adapting? Like, okay, so we can't do this, but we can do this. And then everybody did that. And now they're like, well, you can't do that. So what are the small businesses supposed to do? Like, how are we supposed to save, we're supposed to take out loans, I guess? I'm not sure what the answer is. What's in the background? A cat? Is your mom? Who's in the background? Who are you waving off? Sorry? Are you oh, waving? it's my mom, yeah. Oh, okay. You're like, mom, get out of here. I'm talking to San Francisco. Uh, so, but how? Yeah, exactly. How is everything mom, else? Mom, get out of here. There's a boy in here. <laughs> the door's locked, mom. Um... So what have you been up to? I wish up there, there was a boy. There are no boys. I know there are no. Well, and I've been into this in the same oh thing. God. Like, I I've been single through COVID, and people keep saying, "Oh, you should internet date," and I'm like, "No." Uh, uh, how? And it's so funny to watch people when they're like meeting for the first time on a Tinder date, and they start with their masks on, and then like after a certain amount of time, they're like, "Oh, I guess you're safe." Or what? Like, I don't understand how people yeah, I are know. deciding. I just decided. I decided looking at you that we're safe. Right. Or we when we have been, like, at bars and we're all socially distanced, like, I'll be in a pod of people and one person I haven't talked to before. And everyone just takes their masks off. And I'm like, so once we have a drink in front of us, no one has COVID? Is, like, that how it works? Or I'm not sure. What I don't know how we're supposed to be interacting with one another right now. But oh, if, I know. At this point, I've concluded that this whole thing is nothing but a global conspiracy to like control people. I really do think that it is that. Really? We were saying that at the beginning. We, uh, yeah, we were, but it's a real disease. I mean, but I guess they can oh, use no, diseases. Oh, no, the disease is real. The disease is real. But I do think this whole thing is a plot to control us. Like, I'm like, now they're telling us that we can't see anyone outside of our immediate household. I was going over to visit my friends illegally and, like, hiding out at their place like fucking Anne Frank. Careful, they're <laughs> sheltering a Jew. <laughs> oh, my God. I, they haven't gone that far yet with us here. But in San Francisco, it's we have a really low death rate. We only have, like, 150 people. So, But everyone's wearing masks. So is that the answer? I, I don't know. But I'm worried about all I, of these outdoor shows and what we're going to have to do if we cancel them. And I, I don't I don't know. I'm, I, I'm so insular. I'm jealous. At least it's warm enough over there. I, that's why I miss San Francisco. I'm one of the many reasons. But I'm like, it's never that cold there. Yeah. 
Like, even right now, it's pretty cold, but whatever. Tonight, I've got an outdoor show, and uh, I just wear a big, heavy jacket, and so does everybody else. But that's the other thing. How often, like, when we go into the winter months in San Francisco, it can get cold. I mean, it's not like zero degrees, but nobody's going to want to eat dinner on a date or with their family outside with a parka on. Like, nobody's – who's going to want to do that? So I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Are there no indoor shows going on? Not in San Francisco. No. Um, so I run a couple open mics, but I'm like super weird about it where there can't be any more than eight comics inside uh, and everyone has to have masks and you can only take your mask off when you're at the microphone in front and you have to either bring your own mic or bring a mic condom. Like you're trying to be safe, but also – People need stage time. It's so crazy to watch people at these outdoor shows that haven't done comedy in seven months. And it's been a real equalizer of the playing field because, you know, no one's had time to practice. Well, I mean, I have. Well, you know, the funny thing for me is that coming back there, I'd probably still remember everyone's jokes from before. (laughs) Is there any update on that? You're still, you're banned from the United States forever. What if Joe Biden comes in? Is he going to give you a reprieve? Oh, yes, this uh, creepy Joe Biden's going to help me get back into the United States. Here's the thing. I'm already applying for a travel waiver, so if that comes to fruition, it's going to have to be after COVID. And after COVID at this point is like saying when the Easter Bunny comes. Right, right. Well, but so – because we're still allowed to travel. I mean, I don't know if we're allowed to travel internationally, but I know people have been flying around the United States. So what's the difference? Yeah, no, people can fly within the United States, but people can't – like – I think Canadians can fly to the U.S., but I'm not certain of how that works. But the thing is that I can't, and right now the borders are shut. So with the border oh. being shut, that's how the that's how like your um your exemption letter would go through. Right. So with that being shut, I can't even think about applying. Right. Not right. to mention they're gonna have such a massive backlog. Just think about how many families have been torn apart because of this. How many? Um, people are married to people in the United States that were banned from the United States, and then they couldn't get in because this this whole time, like ten months apart from wow. whoever your spouse is. No, I haven't. I I hadn't even thought about anything like that. If you were married and you were in different countries and you weren't allowed to be, I mean, how many breakups have happened during COVID? <laughs> Either it's like people are getting oh, super I, close to about more than more than that, how many abusive relationships? Look, you haven't talked to me in a long time. I was in an abusive relationship for three months. How many people have been in abusive relationships this entire time because they couldn't get out? Because guess what? If you go to socialize with anyone else, you're going to catch COVID. Wow. So you're locked in. Yeah. So then what do you do? You either. And, and there's no services either. If you're trying to get out of like a destructive relationship and you can't. How are you going to move? Where are your services? How are Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's dangerous stuff. I'm sure there's lots of, like, predators that found a COVID person that they might have been abusing this whole time, which is really scary and awful to think about. Thanks oh, I know. Look, okay, so in the time since I stopped talking to you, well, no, I didn't stop talking. You just kind of got busy doing outdoor stuff. And um, anyway, I uh, I started dating a guy who was like, okay, it's so funny. It's Remembrance Day right now. I just made a post. Um, okay, that's like our Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. I said for Remembrance Day, I remember 
all the emotional abuse that I went through for my ex-military boyfriend. I thank him for the psychological abuse because now I'm prepared for all the fuckers that come my way. <laughs> way to silver lining that. Like, now I know how not to be treated so I can. You know, when I knew he was emotionally abusing me, I wasn't stupid. I knew he had borderline narcissistic personality disorder. I figured that out quickly enough. It's just they don't let it start showing after about, about three weeks in. Ah. But it's, it's interesting, though, because I'm like, if I put up with this because I've been so lonely, I'm like, I don't have anyone to hang out with. I can't get laid. There are no guys. <laughs> I know there are no guys. I feel the same way. And that's the problem. The only people I hang out out with are comedians. And like, I'm not, that's not going to happen. So like, how do I meet people? But I'm just not. But then again, it's like, oh, poor little me. I can't meet new people. Like, whatever. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm still interacting with quite a few people. So just not in any romantic ways there no guys there there's gotta be some single guys but not that i how do i meet them i'm not going to bars like if i'm at comedy i'm on stage and then that i think so let's what just what do you mean pam it's easy I... it's so easy I... you just talk to any person that's out in your crowd that you think is attractive and be like hey want to go for a drink go to a fucking liquor store and pull them back to your place or the other way <laughs> you make it sound so simple uh but like, so tonight it's simple. How so, do you think that I've gotten with guys I, and ghosted by all of them? I just, I, here's the thing. I've been out of the dating scene for so many years. I mean, I was in a committed relationship for like almost seven years. So then all of a sudden COVID happens, I'm no longer in that relationship. And I'm like running around, but there's no one to run around with. And then they're, you're trying to meet people, but you don't want to meet people. And then I don't internet date. And then if I'm on stage, and let's say someone was attracted to me on stage, usually they don't talk to me after, or I don't get the vibes, or I don't know. I think I've just, my reader is off. Like, my my needle is not, I'm not getting the okay. EQs. This yeah. is one of my jokes, but it's, this is just true. I, um, okay, this was true in San Francisco and every place. It used to be that when I'd get off stage, I'd have guys come up to me afterward and be like, that was so funny, and then try and hit on me so they could get laid. Hmm. And now I'm literally going on dates with guys just so I have the opportunity to tell them jokes. So I'm basically giving them six so I can tell jokes. That is hilarious and awesome and amazing that you're getting audiences one by one. That is Yes, hustle. I, that I is a hustle. One by one. The problem is that they come and they go. It's not return <laughs> service. <laughs> wow, that's funny. One audience is one at a time. I actually performed yesterday outdoors to three. Yeah, I know. I'm an unpaid. I'm an unpaid comedic COVID hooker. Yes. Oh, that's impressive i i had to do well i mean that's the thing you don't have the option to do outside stuff i have these two little portable pas so if the sun is out i can go to a park and yesterday i was at a park and there were three 11 year old boys that decided that comedy was something they wanted to listen to so i had to try to make all my jokes clean and uh and and then i realized that even if i don't f swear in my jokes they're still like not appropriate for 11 year old boys so that happened but it was it was like a really interesting exercise of like how much of my how much of my, my material truly is kid friendly and the difference between kid friendly and clean 
and the difference between like that's the thing is that there is no kid friendly because they won't understand any sexual innuendos right and that's the thing since they were my audience i started realizing in jokes that even my clean jokes still have sexual innuendos and i think that yeah but then they were like i was like so what do you guys like to watch and one of them goes deadpool and i'm like you're 11 there's that is way dirtier than anything i could say like that movie is just he's fuck swears all the time so i was like oh i don't know kids so what what are your what are your these days no more than adults you think 11 year olds in our wallow wear six they have the internet hold on as eminem said they got the discover chat they got the discovery channel don't they yes they've they've seen it they're into it i'm like i Ooh, 11 year old boys so what's on the what's on the horizon for you are you just you're still doing your job you're hanging at your house you're like what's your okay so hold on in the last few weeks my life has gotten good and then back so i um my friend chuck came back from uh he was living in port hardy which is on the island and he's a musician now this cocky fucker is a friend of mine He's a narcissistic asshole, but he's good at writing songs. Now, me, I already wanted to do musical comedy, so I'd had a bunch of songs that I'd already written with him that I've been collaborating and doing on my shows. So he came back, and we were hanging out. And uh, I think this is interesting. I So I started – I met a guy on a dating app, right? I met a guy on a dating app, and he turned out to also be a musical comedian, kind of like Weird Al stuff. Uh-huh. Really talented. Then he didn't have any interest in me. He was like, well, actually, I just don't have time for dating. I was like, okay, dude, I'm just trying to get fucked here. Like, this is not... Anyway. I don't want to marry you. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, like, I don't I'm not expecting marriage. I just, I want that special spark. Then fucking electric eel. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I just want that special spark. Dude, this is COVID. I just want a guy who I like to fuck me. I don't care about marriage right now. Let's think about that after there's not a pandemic, okay? Right. Yeah. So what did um, he do? So anyway, he turned you down? Are you still going to collaborate? Yeah, on he, cool he songs? shot me down. Completely shot me down. Anyway, but he started hanging out with me and my musician friend, Chuck, and we were, like, collaborating and stuff and doing songs. And then the other day, now, I've been staying over at Chuck's place a couple times because right now it's illegal to go out and see your friends. So I've been hiding over there like Anne Frank. <laughs> I've seen him, like, three times over at his place. And he lives with a woman who's, like, your age. And a little. She's, like, older. She's in her 50s. Anyway, this woman is not a singer. She's not a real singer. She thinks she's a singer because she dated a musician who likes singers. And I guess she felt inadequate, so she, stuck, so she started singing. Mm doesn't mean you're a singer <laughs> i don't claim i don't claim to be a singer i'm a comedian who can sing sure. there's a big difference now i uh i was over there and hanging out with her and chuck and she sat there and like you know said like oh you know like let him bully you kind of thing it was hard for me to pick songs to do with him and then said that she wasn't a good singer and then afterward inferred that i said that she wasn't a good singer i was like you said that about yourself <laughs> then she lied to chuck and said oh she was rude and disrespectful i was like i just sat the whole night while you cut down my singing mm. and then talked about how every single okay this woman is not married she's been out of a relationship for years and she's been like hanging out with older guys who like buy her shit and give her back rubs and like treat her nice and like buy her things and i'm like you treat all these guys like shit they're all sugar daddies i'm like 
So all I said was uh, she was, like, talking about all the shoes she had on the floor. And she was like, oh, yeah, these all came from this guy and that guy. And I was like, man, I wish I could get me some sugar daddies. Yeah, some shoes, baby. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> then, then Chuck was like, you were so rude to her. I was like, I'm just used to your horrible crassness. I'm like, okay, I'm not horrible and crass. I fucking treated her with the same respect that I treat you or that I would expect for myself. Yeah. You know, the only reason she didn't like me, I didn't fucking talk up to her the same way every single male around her does. Right. She didn't like that I treated her as equal. So then she sits there and lies and was like, I cried myself to sleep because of the way she treated me. I was like, you fucking lying twat. All that happened was I was supposed to go out with my friend Chuck, who was supposed to back me because we've been collaborating on music and comedy together. And of course he has no backbone because he's getting rent there for fuck all. Right. And so of course he'll take her side. Right. And he's like, well, yes, you were rude to her. All she wants is to have a bunch of pretty, pretty boys who are under her fucking thumbs that she can get to do music with her and back her on songs. And she said, oh, look, a pretty non-menopausal female coming in to do Jackshaw comedy songs that are created because I can't write. Ah, well, it also sounds like during COVID, people like drama. And because we don't have this larger scope to be dramatic on, in that A, we don't have the stage time to craft our drama and to be dramatic or to be comedic or to be, to express ourselves in front of other people, that's gone. But then also there's other creative outlets where they're not getting their needs met stage time wise and attention wise. And so you get in these small groups of people and things get really dramatic because we don't have a larger external outlet for all of these, I don't know, human feelings that we want to go through. So she can't play out her issues in a large scale, so she's doing it in a small scale. And I get that, like, on everybody's side, in that maybe she was feeling super defensive because it's like, these are, these are my guys that I don't wear masks around. Who's this girl? Ah! And then weaving a bunch of drama. There's People are getting fucking dramatic, dude. Like, even in my life, there have been a lot of ins and outs and ups and downs. The the seven people that I started COVID with, none of them are friends of mine anymore. We don't even talk. We need to figure this out. We what happened even with talk. you and Sam? Oh, he's not respectful and doesn't he doesn't respect me. He uh he came in last Friday without we we have beef. He, we hadn't talked in about two months, and um since why the, why hadn't you talked? What what was the last well, thing that happened? Well, there was um. He just went about, he just hasn't, he wasn't, I, I realized on a large scale that um, things had changed a dynamic where I was sort of like simping for friendship in that because I didn't have like a crew of people and I no longer had like my boyfriend and I didn't have like, I was simping for friendship. I was like, I have to give people stage time so they'll hang out with me because they don't want to hang out with me just for regular times. So the whole dynamic changed where people weren't really hanging out with me. They were just with me when I gave them stage time. And then they all kind of still hung out together but were not hanging out with me. And I was feeling really left out. And then I got roofied. And then a lot of people like didn't even ask if I was okay. And Dude, I, just, I saw that. What the fuck happened with you getting roofied? Yeah, so it turns out it wasn't the guy that I thought it was. But because I don't have 
video evidence of who I think did it. I just can't even say anything about it anymore. It's, I mean, it's water under the bridge. It sucks. Getting My question sucks. is, why the fuck? Hold on. Why would anyone do that to you considering the fact that I mean, they're not trying to fuck? Right. Uh, I think it was to get back at me because I had made some decisions post-COVID. Things are weird here because alcohol laws have gotten weird and so... They were there were problems before with mutiny radio and alcohol, and so I had to say no alcohol. And then during COVID, people have had like alcohol in the street because that was just legal, I guess, when bars were closed. I don't know, but it's still not legal in a lot of other ways. So I was sort of putting the law down, and there were a few comedians that weren't respecting that law, and uh, I had to like call one of them out and not let him perform. And then I have an idea that he might have done it because. A, he would have access to those types of drugs. And then B, he was mad. And that's a childish way to lash out is to like think it's funny to roofie someone. Um, so but all of this also is um, supposition. I, I don't the, the video didn't show me any concrete proof. So. But also the person that I suspect that did it has never come back. So. They might, I mean, I don't know if that's an admission of guilt or, but I never accused them did you outright ever, Why either. didn't you just ask them? Uh, because they would have denied it. I don't think that anybody would admit to that. Um, I don't know if that is, okay, first of all, that's not really a way of retaliating on someone. I'm just saying, I one of my jokes, and you remember this, I did this on stage there, was I like going home with guys because I save money on sleeping pills. Right, 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 right. Get a roofie yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah, being roofied wasn't fun. So that happened, and I kind of expected some support from some people that, that didn't happen, and I was like, oh, my God, we're not friends. And I just – I mean, I guess the theory is that friendship is when people choose to have shared time, uh, they have shared trauma, or they have shared projects, right? And so yeah. all of those people were doing all of those things together just without me. And so I was like, well, that doesn't feel good. Um, and then there were some, instead of talking to me directly, there were a lot of text messages between some people. And then instead of talking to me directly, there was a lot of Facebook stuff that happened. And so I was like, I still stand by the adult idea that if you'd like to speak to me, we can do that without an audience. And we can try to s smash things out if you want to. But if you don't, that's fine too. But either way, you don't get to come in here all drunk and entitled and take over a podcast and then, like, make fun of me and be facetious. Wait, was that what happened with Sam? Yeah, you can listen to the podcast from last Friday. The uh, last. No, no, I tried. I tried to listen to the podcast. I didn't understand what happened because you cut off my, Sam's mic, but I didn't hear him doing anything. He was talking about acorns, and then I didn't hear anything. Yeah, so the thing was this. He hasn't spoken to me or made – I didn't even make eye contact the whole time he was in here during that podcast, but – he hasn't spoken to me in two months, and then he just walked in to the station with some girl. Not that the girl's a problem, but he was so entitled that without squashing any problems, he felt like he could just come in here and grab a microphone. And granted, I did turn his microphone on. But then I asked him, like, what do you actually want to say? And he started, he called me a warlock and all this other stuff. And it was like, so the words out of your mouth should have been, hey, I, you know, I came to apologize, and I, he could have... I sort of expected him, and that's why I kept saying, why are you here? Why are you here? Because I was like, are you here to apologize? 
But all he kept doing was digging a bigger ditch. And so one of my gay mafia threw him out. I didn't ask him to be thrown out, but I wasn't, he wasn't going to say. Who's the other guy on the podcast? Who's Brady? Uh, Brady's a new comic. He's a, he's a good guy. He used to be a neighbor and um, he started coming to comedy during the outdoor stuff. And he's like, I love this. And so he started doing it and he's gotten really good really fast, actually. Um, Cause he's older. He's like 50. He's like my age. And so he's had a lot of life experience and he's worked and he's gay as fuck. So he's like super like performative and wonderful. And, um, he's, he got really good at comedy really quickly because he's working really hard at it. And also he's had so much life experience and he has so many interesting things to talk about that he's just fun and interesting. And he's really supportive of the station. So, but I mean, all that went down is just that it's easy to squash beef with me. You just have to talk to me and I can't, I can't let shitty behavior stand. And that's why he's like, why wouldn't you fist bump me? Well, I wasn't going to fist bump him because I wasn't, I was disapproving of his behavior. When you fist bump someone, it says, this is something I never understood. I, okay. I love you guys. You know that like I, I, this is, you've always been good with this. That's why I like you. I'm like this whole thing that went down my friend. Like you're actually capable of telling another person if you're unhappy with the way they've treated you instead of just like, you know, being like, you're banned from my house. I cried myself to sleep. You're a liar. Right, Um, right. I'm like, you know, you're actually willing to hash things out. I've never understood that of like Sam or something. Like I contacted him afterward, the same as I contacted you the same time. I was like, are you okay? Like what happened over there? He never contacts me. Yeah. Well, he, because I think, I think it is something to do with young people and the internet and disposable relationships in that for kids that are like under 25, they've grown up with people on the internet and you just throw them away. If someone, if someone fucks with you, then it's like, well, you're not worth my time and you just write them off. So they don't, They've never been taught how to maintain and repair relationships. They're just like, I'm not happy. I'm done with this. And they just spend their time wherever they're happy. And so, you know, it's it's hard on the other end when it's like, well, we used to spend time together and now we don't. So, okay. <laughs> but things like I've met these people in real life. I met Sam. I know Sam. I hung out with him a lot. So I'm like not contacting me back. I'm like, what is this? Like, what? What is wrong with men this day? It's, I don't understand. It, I really think it's this – It's people can be disposable, and you just move on. And that's why – and, and they, they also always want to squash beef without doing any of the work. They just want to fist bump you and go, yeah, everything's cool now, right? And it's like, no, it's not cool because your behavior wasn't okay. And by not telling you that your behavior – wasn't okay I'm saying your behavior is okay which means you're gonna do it again and again and again and so what did he do in the first place stop being my friend uh well so first he decided he just he just made a bunch of power plays on me first he was like I'm not ever gonna touch you ever again like no so like a fist bump supposed to be a big deal no hugs no physical contact in any way and then he was like, why? He thought you were like raping him or something. I never, I haven't done anything of the sort. No, no, then, no, I know. Yeah. Like, he just felt, he felt like he needed, loop. he felt like he needed distance from me. Right. So then he decided, he said to me, I'm not going to be alone in a room with you ever again. And I was like, what? And then he wrote me all these text messages about how he wants me to give 
consent that I'm not going to tell this one story anymore. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to tell the story, but it doesn't even matter because I'm never going to say your name again because we're not friends. Because you don't respect me as a person. You don't respect me as a friend. You don't. All you want me for is stage time. That's the only reason that I'm any importance to you. And that's the only reason why he came last Friday to my open mic, but didn't come inside, got drunk, and then came back with some girl late night and tried to take over my podcast because it's a power play. Because he wants back into the sandbox, but he doesn't want to do any work. He doesn't want to have to apologize and say, hey, I hurt your feelings multiple times, and I continue doing it. He doesn't want to take any responsibility for that. He just wants to play with the toys. And I'm not willing to let people play with my toys if they're not going to be respectful to me. I work really hard to keep this place alive. And so I just can't. Oh, no, fuck yeah. Like, I can't. And now, hey, and now how about this? I book four weekly outdoor shows. Why the fuck would you not want to squash beef with Pam? I book four. I can book up to 25 comics a week if I want different comics or I can just use the same ones this is the time where you say hey I was wrong I didn't respect you last Friday was really disrespectful I'd like to get back into your good graces because you're the one with the power yeah, I mean you know what the funny thing is Pam and I, this is what I can say I am tired of people like like I told you like like my friend Chuck he's like you're gonna have to apologize to her I was like I wasn't rude to her in the first place you on the other hand are one female that I can honestly say I was very much like me in the sense that I've seen you you aren't actually like unreasonable I don't understand why anyone would have beef with you <laughs> you're not an SJW you're fucking awesome well I'm I'm just trying my best trying to be a good person, trying to make comedy happen, trying to keep the world alive. And uh, people can either, it's, it's all, it's my new cat box metaphor. Like, I have a pretty large cat box, right? And I do clean up a lot of poop out of the cat box because it sucks when you go into the cat box and, no, and the poop hasn't been cleaned out and you step in it and now you've got poop on your little paw. That's awful. It's terrible. And I clean up a lot of the cat poops, but some of them, like, if you shit so much in my box, I'm tired of cleaning it up. And I'm just going to say, you're a cat that doesn't get to be in this box anymore. Like, other cats seem to be able to deal with their own shit. No problem. But these cats, some of these cats, still, they want they want me to clean up their poop. And I can't, I can't, I did it for a long time. And I just don't see the value in it for me anymore. It's like, I'd rather ignore that bullshit forever than... And I've put out enough olive branches. It's if people want to approach me and mend fences, good. If they don't, I don't fucking care. Because there are like 3,000 comedians in the Bay Area. <laughs> like, what do I care about? Seven of them. You know, like, it, it's Who not, else was not... it? I'm curious. Because, okay, Nathan moved away. Na that fucking upset me. Yeah, that well, he, he's the first one to break up the band. But I have no ill will toward Nathan. He's fine. No, no, um, no, no, I know. I've seen him. He's been getting, he's been doing good over in LA. Yeah, well, he's perfect for LA. You know, he's good looking, yeah. he's strong, he's he's great on camera. He's got good bone structure. He's smart, he's tall, he's good looking. He has, I should say he's funny too, that happens. But yeah, I yeah. wish, I wish yeah. Nathan all the best because he's never, he's always been respectful to me. Like he's always gone out of his way to talk to me person to person if there's anything weird even when things were weird with other people he was the one to come up to me and be like kind of talk me down off the ledge and, and I really appreciate that he gave me a lot of perspective and when he left I was like oh and things kind of like broke up from there 
But uh, I oh, trust me, I was upset when he left. I went because you guys, in an odd way, are my little roundup game in the same way. I was part of your little group without even being there. Yeah. Well, I'm not part of that group anymore. I was I was excommunicated. So, but it doesn't. Well, what it, happened? But, Hold on. Who else was there? There was Pancake. Yeah, Is Pancake. He still... He's he started a hashtag uh, boycott Pam. What? Yeah. Yeah, he started a hashtag boycott Pam. Uh, Why? Because he's angry. They're all angry at me. And I'm the, I mean, I'm the one that was angry at the first because they all abandoned me when I was vulnerable. And after the roofing and I was trying to figure out all the money for the station to keep it alive. And they all just abandoned me. They all went and did another project and specifically kept me out of it. Wait and a so, minute, hold on, wait, wait, wait. If I'm corrected, the group that I'm thinking of was um, Warhol. Yep, he's um, the first one. He was the first one. He was the, so Nathan left, and then Warhol um, decided that Mutiny Radio was no longer worth his time. Uh, what? Yeah. I haven't, okay, this is the thing. I've been wondering what the fuck happened with Warhol, and uh, what's the name of that girl? Thought, uh, the, the, Rachel. Yeah, so Rachel has a show here on the station, but we're not in a, we're not in a tight friend group anymore. Um, and then because Warhol first left, I asked him to help me and pass the GoFundMe for the station. And he basically said, uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, you don't appreciate all the, what I've done for you. And I'm like, all you've done for me? Every time I do one of your scripts, I have to walk two and a half miles each way to like facilitate your play. That he couldn't see what I was doing for him was amazing so he's never apologized he got out of here and then he and then he had a movie and he he basically made a movie and put every single person i know in the movie and kept me out of it and for weeks they were all doing things together with this movie and they specifically kept me out of it so everyone oh, my God, oh what is wrong with these people? so everyone got to have this big shared project yay and i wasn't a part of it and the same thing happened for halloween they all got to have this big halloween party all the comedians and they all and, and they completely excluded me. But I had a better party to go to anyways. I went to an awesome party where there are fire spinners and four different DJs. And I got to do ketamine. Wow. And all these great things happened. And it was great. And I didn't have to hang out and be uncomfortable with comics who don't respect me, which is, which is fine. You know what? The thing might be that, I, I don't know, I started ever since, ever since Warhol left and ever since all these people have left my life, my life is 500 times better. Because I haven't been focusing on making them happy. I have four shows now because I'm worried about the station and I'm not worried about these people that were frankly, I think, dragging me down. So instead of like simping stage time for friendship, now I'm actually just running my fucking business like a champion. And now well, do, do you still do you still talk to everyone like Hunter? Oh, Hunter, Hunter Uniac. Store? Yes. Hunter Stare moved. No, 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 not Uniac. The other one. Hunt, Hunter Stare. Hunter Stare moved to Texas. Um, oh, no. Yeah, uh, with his beautiful wife, his amazing wife. And um, Hunter Uniac is still here. Um, the people who've left, like Colin Holtz just moved to L.A. Um, Jeremy Talamantes, I don't know if you knew him. The, a bunch yeah. of people are moving to L.A., some people to New York. People are making choices, making moves. I'm staying here, and I'm making all the moves I can. Like, and it's just it's just amazing to me that the people that were the most supportive at the beginning of COVID, I don't talk to anymore. I don't even have their phone phone numbers in my phone. See, I've been following and I've been trying to figure out what I missed the podcast. I missed when you and Sam and Warhol and Rachel and everyone was doing like little, you know, radio reads and everything. Yeah, that used to happen. I used to listen. 
yeah, they, um, you know, people make choices and they decided that Mutiny Radio was not a place they wanted to spend time. So I say there's a lot of other people that want to spend time here, which is fine with me. But then when, but then when Sam just comes back out of nowhere without apologizing and just jumps into a podcast like everything was normal, just pretending like everything is normal. You know what? I can't just pretend everything is normal because I'm the one who's been wronged and I'm the one that gets continually hurt. So I'm not going to pretend that everything is normal because then I'm just abusing myself because it means that their behavior is okay and they don't understand that their behavior is not okay and that me reacting to it, it, it isn't healthy. It doesn't feel good for me. And Everything should feel good for me because I'm the one in charge. I'm the one with the microphones. I'm the one with the building, you know? And if people can't respect that and have expectations of everything that I'm giving them, then, you know, they can fuck themselves. Like like Sam said, uh, their Venmo is go fuck your face. Go fuck yourself. It's like, oh no, don't. I mean, that's not how you. It's like sometimes people don't understand that you oftentimes you have to earn your way back into someone's good graces. And it makes me crazy because I do that all the time. Like I bake pot food all the time for people. If I've wronged them, I'll give them like a half a pound of pot fudge and say, hey, I'm really sorry, I'm a dick. And that's all it takes. It's all it takes is this little tiny bit of effort. But nobody wants to make the effort. And then they slam me on Facebook and it's like, okay, so you're mad at me, but instead of talking to me, you slammed me on Facebook, and that's supposed to make oh, me Jesus, what like happened? It? What happened on Facebook? I was not, I clearly did not see this. Oh, it's just, Pancake wrote some things about me, and a bunch of things, and he, there was a, there was, there have been a bunch of things on the internet, and, and people calling me. I don't understand what, okay, it seems like in the time that I left, everyone turned into some crazy BLM supporting nutcase Antifa. I, I seen Pancake posting stuff that is straight Antifa shit, and I'm like, I don't even support the whole BLM thing, because it's not at this point about black people. It never, like, the whole rioting thing, that was not good. No, I wouldn't have been involved bad. in that. I don't want to be involved in any writing. Yeah. Face Facebook isn't real, and I know Facebook isn't real. And I know people spread hyperbolic things on Facebook to get a rise out of people. Sometimes they're extra edgy. It's not real life, and I understand that. But when you're not interacting with me in real life and you're choosing to continue to interact with me on Facebook in a negative way, that is not going to help your case with me, do you know? It's like, I know it's really hard for these people to accept that I'm the one with all the power and they can either fucking apologize and bow down to Queen Pam because that's the way it has to be. You fucking wronged me and I'm the one in charge. You th usually the queen beheads you and that's the thing. Me even giving them a chance and even writing a message saying, hey, you know, you can talk to me one-on-one. -on -one. I'd really appreciate that. Like, I should have beheaded them all long ago. You don't exist <laughs> to me anymore. You're dead. You okay, know? This is the funny thing. I, okay, I, I am the first person to say, you do sound a little bit cocky, like, I run the business. This is all my thing. But it is your thing. It is my and this thing. is the thing. Every other showrunner that I meet who actually has shit going on, I can't get on any of the shows in Vancouver. These people are legitimately fucking unfair assholes who haven't given me a chance. You are giving people a chance. I feel like I feel like I am. but And I don't mean to be a dick about it, but I have to, like, I have to pat myself on the back every once in a while. I'm a small business owner that kept it alive during COVID. I kept... Yeah, no shit. Like, it's crazy. I kept it alive. 
and it still exists and I pay the electricity and I'm, it's, I, it's going to last through the year and it's going to go into next year and like I'm keeping it alive and I, you know, this is like, this is my baby. This is my thing. And, you know, don't shit in my baby's mouth is all I tell people. And I'm really easy to get along with as long as you don't shit in my baby's mouth. It's that easy. It's like, it's, I, so for me, it's, and I don't, and I don't want to be, I, I want to be humble and stuff, but I find myself on Facebook being like, nanny, 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 look who's got all the shows now. I've seen you do like that in a, in a strange way. I know you though, Pam. Yeah. So in a strange way, I'm like, it reminds me of myself in a little bit of a way. I don't have anything to hold above anyone, but in my own way, I'm just like, well, I might not be on your shows, but I'm the only one who in the time that I had a chance to travel actually did some fucking shit in America. Yeah. Yeah. And you're now you're working with singer songwriters and you're, you're making comedy songs. You're, you're adapting in a way to, to make you adapt. It's we, That's all all of us can do is adapt. We can't change how other people view us. We can't change people's perceptions of us. I get that. But I'm just going to try to continue surrounding myself with people who make me feel good about myself instead of feeling bad. Like, I, <laughs> the people that I've kind of cut out of my life made me feel bad about myself all the time that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't young enough, that I wasn't pretty enough, that I wasn't funny enough, that I wasn't smart enough, that I wasn't philosophical enough, that I couldn't party hard enough, that I wasn't, that I was too serious, that all the things, like, I was constantly questioning my own decisions based on, like, do they think I'm cool? And that's wrong. Like, that doesn't help anybody. So hopefully I'm, I've moved past that. But I'm telling you, it's hard when you see everybody be in a movie that you weren't in a part of and you see everybody go to a party that you weren't invited to and you see all the pictures on Facebook and you see all the stuff and it's hard. And I don't know how strong they think I am or if they or if they even care. That's the other thing is, you know what? They probably don't even think about Pam, which is fine too. But then don't, don't rub my nose in it by like taking pictures with people that you know that I'm friends with and posting them on Facebook and tagging them so that I have to see them. Like, it's like, look at us all have fun over here without Pam. Ah. Oh. Okay, I, I, hold on, I will say this. Whilst I don't agree with them not inviting you, I can tell you this much, their thought was not when tagging each other about you. <laughs> no, but, but it was because one of my friends who they drove me to this other party. They decided to do a cameo at that party. And right before they left, everyone made a big deal about having pictures taken with that couple, which they know are friends of mine. And they even talked about it after and said it was creepy and weird. Like they were planning it to like try to make you feel bad. Like, look who came to this party, people that you know. Ha ha ha. So I don't know. I, maybe, and maybe I am psychotic, but all I Hold know. On, Pam, Pam, I'm going to tell you one thing. Yeah. You are going to Halloween parties and you have people to hang out with right now. Okay, fair. My entire friend group is non-existent. I don't have a friend group. I have a guy who literally turned me down off a dating website who doesn't want to hang out, who I was hanging out with at the place of that fucking bitch who was like, she made me cry myself to sleep, and my friend Charles who defends that bullshit, so I don't see him anymore. So my oh, friend group- I'm sorry. So yeah, I know. So fuck my, absolutely. So fuck me. I had, I got to go to a different part. So yes, you're right. I need to have perspective. There are people who you haven't had any social anything like that's, 
it sucks. I'm I'm really I'm I I should be more empathetic because like even tonight, like what are you doing? What are you doing later tonight? Hanging out with your mom? I yeah, I'm going to work. Oh, work. I don't have anyone to see. I have no boys. Hold on. So, um in the last okay, since I was with the abusive guy, I dated another one who then stopped talking to me. I had a car accident. My car was totaled. The guy completely ghosted me and stopped talking to me. Um, and then I went out with another boy who was basically gay on one date. That was a hookup. Then I went out with another boy who had a tiny dick who never contacted me after. That was a hookup. That was shit. Whoa. Then, uh, then I went out with a really tall guy who, uh, ignored me at a Halloween party and got fucked up and then ghosted me after asking me to have a foursome with his friend. <laughs> Are you writing this down? Because this is like the COVID tales. This is oh this is this is I I can't get late I can't get late I am literally at the point of messaging guys and being like you're gonna take me out you're gonna fucking buy me food give me a couple drinks and you're gonna fuck me and you're gonna contact me after that's all I'm looking for here yeah just a call after buddy like, like just someone to be nice for, like hold on I am giving this shit away for free. All I am expecting is that in the time I hang out with you, that you make sure that I'm happy and you let me tell you, I'm a fucking free hired comedian. You are getting the funniest girl <laughs> that you're ever going to meet on hand. And I know this is good pussy. Yeah. I am like, like, what is this? Sh All I'm looking for is to have a guy treat me nice on repeat and just keep fucking me. Is that so much? To it doesn't ask? seem like that much to ask. Well, I don't know what it, uh, I just, I, I don't know. I think that they're all crazy, but it's Canada. Oh, it gets better though. Now there was this little actor boy who I really liked and we went out on about three dates. And then after like talking like all the time, he was basically like, I have to cancel on the date on the day off. And he's like, I won't tell you why I'm going AWOL, family, business, private matter. I was like, so I called him and he was like, I just won't tell you anything about it. Then he didn't contact me for multiple days, and he was like, you just need to be okay with me not talking about my family's private matters, because, like, it's not for you to know, and you just need to assume that I'm still interested. And I'm like, how the fuck would I just naturally assume this? Like, he's like, I'm not going to contact you all the time and be like, baby, I missed you. I'm like, you just met me. It's your job to fucking string a girl and be like, hey, how are you doing? Well, also, he doesn't have to talk about his family. He could talk about anything. You could talk about comedy. You could talk about cats. You could talk about you. You could talk about Thai food. No, 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 no. This is you could talk about anything. Info. You don't have to talk I about. I want to know. Hold on. I don't have any secrets. There is not one damn story. You want to know about my dead dad? I can tell you about that. You want to know about how my mom's fucking psychotic? I can tell you about that. I don't have any secrets. So it really bothers me when someone's like private family matters. Then you should have made something up. Tell me about some other story that is your excuse. Because frankly, if you're going to keep something secret and tell me it's a secret, then that's going to bother me. Exactly. Yeah, don't say anything at all. That's like waving a carrot in front of your face. Hey, let's not talk about this white polar bear in a snowstorm. And it's like all you can yeah. think about is a white polar bear in a snowstorm. Like, what? Come on. Yeah. Like, I can't tell you about something. At the point that you tell someone there's a secret, then they want to know what the secret is. Well, and you don't... If you have a secret that you don't want anyone to know, then you don't fucking tell them. You make up another excuse that's, that's a good enough one that'll keep them, you know, be like, okay, that's valid. Like, my grandma died. I'm sorry, I'm attending family funeral shit, and we've got extended family staying over. Lie to me like that. Give me something. <laughs> or just... 
don't mention it at all and talk about something else. Like once you once you say, oh, I have a secret. It's like it's like when you tell somebody you have a present for them. You never tell somebody you have a present for them. You just give them a present. Because once you say, oh, I have a present for you, you build up like expectations. Like, what is it? Oh, my God. Is it like, uh, what could it possibly be? And then. Yeah. And then yeah but he told me, I have to respect that he will never tell me about what's going on in his life. I'm like, Whoa. you expect to keep dipping your dick inside of me. And you won't tell me what the fuck is going on. What did your mother, did your mother get COVID? Did your father get date rate 50 people and you got all the dead bodies strung up at your house? I don't. Like, there are no secrets as an adult that I can't fucking handle here. What would you do? Your brother overdose? I don't know. Right. No, that, that's a good point. Like, as an adult, when we talk to each other, we can actually handle things. I don't know. I don't like subterfuge. I just want it all... Maybe that's a problem. Maybe the problem is that we're just too honest of people and that freaks other people out because nobody else is being honest. And so it's like being the black sheep. And then they're thinking like, God, why can't they just hide a little more? <laughs> I'm sure people think that about because I, I tell people how it is like all the time. I don't. And if I can't tell them, then I just don't interact with them and I don't make eye contact. So it's like, ha, huh, see, you're I'm not. I can't interact with you. I, I don't know how to I, I don't know how to interact with people unless unless I can. And I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I don't do passive aggressive. That's what I like about you, Pam. You just say if you have a beef, you fucking just say it. Yeah, I have a yeah. But now that's the thing is it's there's no point in saying I have beef because it doesn't matter. They're either gonna squash it or I just keep I just book other comics. It's not it's not that big of a deal for me. Like, I mean, it was a big deal at the time. I felt like I had a close-knit group of friends, and I felt like they abandoned me, and that was really tough. And there has been a lot of loss and a lot of grieving that I've personally gone through just with the, you know, the loss of who I consider to be my closest confidants uh, during this wacky do, time of COVID. Do you, by the way, do you still see, um, well, I don't know what happened, some drama with Josh Khan. I don't even know. Oh, Josh Khan and I are buddies. Yeah, Josh Kahn and I are super buddies. He does – we do shows together all the time. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, so Josh and Mauricio, those are two that yeah. I always am seeing. Yeah, Mauricio's, Mauricio's great too. He's still hippie-hopping along, trying to get comedy done. Good guy, still hangs out with me, still books me. He's fine. He's You know what the weird thing? Mauricio is one of the very strange people in San Francisco who, after all this bullshit, months along after, would once every month or so hit me up and be like, hey, what's going on in Canada? That's great. He's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been in comedy for 19 years. So that's got to say Still something. hates Macklemore. Yeah, still hates Macklemore. Absolutely. Big beef. Big beef of Macklemore. No, he's great. Josh <laughs> Kahn is great. Um, I have kind of a new crew. I got... Sierra Hager and Gary Hughes and uh, I got some new some new gay guys. I'd say Josh is definitely in my circle right now. And then Brady and this guy Will Brown. He's he's great. So I've got like kind of a new gay entourage. Peter Peter is great. Um, but that's the thing is that the new the new comedians that I like give copious stage time to that support me and are awesome are fucking awesome. And they like hang out with me and text me and we talk and nothing's weird. Nothing got weird and, you know, granted, I don't have crushes on any of them, but, like, anyway. 
I definitely don't have a crush on Sam anymore. My God, he's definitely squ squashed any, like, anything like that. I just can't. Nobody looks like anymore. I haven't seen him post a damn thing. I don't know what he looks like anymore either, honestly, because when he was here on Friday, I didn't even look at him. I didn't even make eye contact. I have no idea what he looks like. I can't even remember. So it just doesn't even matter. And that was the thing. I wasn't even really attracted to the way he looked. I was attracted to him as a person, to be honest. Because the first well, time I met like him, me, I was like, oh, skinny. What? If you're like me, he had blue eyes. I like that. And he uh, he has that kind of a surfer boy voice, which is the same reason I like that actor boy that was like family business. Oh. Because he reminded me of Sam. He had that surfer boy voice. Mm. I hit on an 18-year-old the other day at a comedy show. They were all kids, and he looked a little like Sam. And I said, hey, is your dad hot? Are your parents breaking up? I'd like to be your stepmom. And, oh, uh, my God. And then I went into my stepmom porn jokes, and he was like, what? And all of his friends were laughing very hard. But they've definitely all graduated from high school, so it's fine. And I was, I was joking, obviously. <gasps> obviously. I would, never, I would never date anyone unless they were 21 or older. They have to be able to buy me a drink as low as i'll go i love you 21 is the lowest i'll go and that's i love it because you know what you think this is what i like about you you're honest about this you just want guys to be nice and bit by you fucking drinks and then fuck you i'm like that is very reasonable i have the same thought in mind it's very reasonable although in the time of covid like i swear i haven't i haven't kissed anybody i haven't made out i mean my ex-boyfriend jonathan he's the only one but like now is not the time to be spitting in random people's mouths. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's kind of scary. But that's why I also, oh, I, know. I don't want to go out and like, I don't know, maybe I'm just too picky. My buddy Sierra says I just need to like, like pull the trigger and just like make out with someone just because. And I'm like, but I'm not even attracted to anybody. Like I really have to, especially during COVID, like it makes you think. Like, you know, it makes you think about the way we had sex in the 90s with the whole AIDS thing. Like, do I want to have sex with that person? Are they going to give me AIDS? Like, oh, no. And wearing oh, condoms. Oh, at this point, like, hold on. You're going to like this. Pam, I'm not even careful or worried about protection. I'm just like, did you get a COVID test? <laughs> get a COVID test. Yeah, I mean. I can deal with AIDS, just no COVID. Just no COVID. Well, I guess AIDS you can fix now, but you still can't fix COVID. You can't fix AIDS. This is the stupidest thing. It's like every other disease. It's like now you get a common cold. Well, I wonder if they have Tylenol COVID in blue. <laughs> but what about Magic Johnson? He beat it. He doesn't have HIV anymore. He doesn't? No. He's like cured. Really? Yeah. It's like. No. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. So maybe I shouldn't get all my news from comedians, but I believe from someone else's, some other comedian's joke, they were saying that Magic Johnson is cured. No, they're wrong. Magic Johnson still has HIV. He's just got it managed. Okay. I just, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, so, uh, I'm so hyperbolic with all of my news. I, I find out the majority of what's happening in the world from other people's comedy sets. That's so funny, Pam. I'm <laughs> like, yep, yep, yep. I'm like, Ma uh, Magic doesn't have AIDS. I believe it. Yeah, I know. Well, you know what? That's that's apparently how all the comedians get their news on Trump and the election and everything else is they just talk to each other and <laughs> CNN and they don't listen to anything else in the world. Definitely not listening to each other. Uh. <laughs> yeah, just, just like the whole BLM thing. Quick, guys, let's cancel Aunt Jemima because maple syrup is racist. Why is it racist? I don't know, but I have to believe it. 
Well, I wouldn't eat Aunt Jemima syrup anyways because it's made of corn syrup and not and maple flavoring. And if you're gonna eat yes, maple syrup, yes, but that's syrup, an actual funny. That's a funny actual reason not to use it, not because of a fucking black woman. Right. Well, it, Uncle Ben's. They have a lot of like sort of racist epitaph characters of uh, of you know old timey. American See, I haven't noticed that. Marketing. I have seen on the package an old black dude, and my logic, I'll tell you, as a normal white person, I looked at packaging that had the Lando Lakes girl or Uncle Ben or Aunt Jemima or any colored person, and I thought, how nice, a successful minority. Oh, wow. Well, it's all perspective. I mean. Yeah. Do you think I was reading into it? I just looked at it, and I said, oh, that's good. Someone's successful of that race. I didn't think that's racist. So uh, th- this is the, the one thing about the, the, the BLM movement. And I've, I've gone to some, done some comedy shows in other parts of California. And they've, to bartenders or whoever has come up to me and said, because I have a fuck Trump jacket. And they say, oh, so what do you think about Black Lives Matter? Don't all lives matter? And I say, okay. We, we know that all lives matter, but all lives doesn't need a movement. You know, black people have been systematically murdered by our police state. And we have to say Black Lives Matter because we haven't acknowledged that their lives haven't mattered for so long. Now, is there should there be a hashtag White Lady Lives Matter? Well, if you want to start one, go ahead. But we really don't need that much help, you know. So it's I, um, like I, I, I did you hear Bill Burr's bit about the uh, I don't know what happened with the woke movement. It somehow got taken over by a white woman. They swung their Gucci laden leg. Over top of the fence and said, I don't have heated seats. <laughs> all the Karens, all the Karens come out and they say, Can I see your manager? That's the thing for me is with like Pancake or any of these people supporting BLM, is I'm like, You are the whitest person. This is virtue signaling. Well, it, it can be, but like, I just, I think that I'm, re- I'm ready personally for our new president to stand up and say, yeah, we, we have had, we, we, we just got through four years of a white supremacist who was dog whistling uh, to his. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, uh, Donald Trump was a white supremacist. Let's be fair, Pam. I do not believe, I do not believe for one minute Listen out. Uh, I don't believe for one minute that Trump hates black people. I believe he hates everyone except himself. Okay, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that statement. Absolutely. But there were also after all of the hates any race. But how many murders by police of black people do there have to be before the president stands up and says we have a problem here. There is oppression that is systematic in what we call a country, what we call a democracy. There are huge problems. I believe in reparations. I think that we should be giving people reparations. Hold on. Here's my thing. And I got banned from Facebook for this. And this is bullshit. One person posted white privilege should be made illegal. And you know what I said? White Privilege is not a legalized thing. (laughs) Other groups are just unfairly disadvantaged. There are no laws saying treat white people better. Tell white trash their privilege. There is no white privilege. There is just treating other people more shitty. Yeah, except that I actually have had a couple moments in my life where I know that 
because I am a white woman, I didn't get arrested. I was helped out in situations where if I would have been black, I might have been taken to the drunk tank. I might have been arrested a couple times. But- no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is that's not privilege. Other people are being treated with disadvantage. They should all be treated like you were. Yes, absolutely. I think everyone. So here's the one example. I was in the mission and I was super wasted. And I had high heel shoes on and they were annoying. And I was drunk. And so I was on Mission Street and I was trying to flag down a cab. And it's like 1.45 in the morning. The bars are closed. And I'm waving my high heel shoes in the air. And I'm like, Aah! And a police officer pulls up and says, hey, can I help you? And I'm like, I'm trying to find a cab. I can't find a cab. I just need to get home. My feet hurt. They gave me a ride home. Okay. Now, the only reason that the SFPD gave me a ride home is that I'm a white lady. If I was a black lady and I was drunk in the street and I was waving, if I was any other color of person and I was in the streets of San Francisco at 1.45 in the morning waving my shoes in the air screaming, they would have taken me no, to no, the drunk tank. No, I agree. Tank. I, I agree. Now, my stance is anyone who's a nice person, regardless of color, should have gotten the same treatment as you. I agree with that, too. and that, But that's why. But I still have to recognize the privilege part is that if I wasn't me, that wouldn't have happened. And that's, I think, what privilege is. And so when I acknowledge no, that. No, I know. It's just, it's just to me, it's, it's like saying white people need to be treated shittier. Well, no, that's not the issue. Okay? We just need to treat other people as well. We, yeah, we need to. That's why I actually. Agree. All lives matter is not bad. If you look at the, the concept is. All lives should be equal to white lives. That but, should be what the stance is. Right. Because at the point that you're saying black lives matter, I think we should also say, well, Latino lives matter. Hispanic lives matter. Chinese lives matter. Vietnamese lives except matter. That, you know ex- what I mean? Except that the police aren't killing Chinese people and not they're not shooting down Vietnamese people in the street. They are. Well, the population is so small. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that the but the population of, of African-Americans in the United States is actually really small, too. And so it's disproportionate that so many of them are shot, shot and abused by our system that's supposed to protect and serve. So, it, I mean, the United States needs a huge restructuring in lots of ways. And Trump did not help it for four years. He it definitely does. he definitely made the divide greater between socioeconomic groups, between racial groups. He wasn't helping bringing anyone together. So hopefully our next guy stands up and says, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to try to, we need to look at the police system. We need to look at the police, police state that we live under and we need to stop killing people because of the color of their skin. Like let's, Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't think the issue is specifically police targeting black people. I think police, period, are too militant. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's just black people. I think police are too militant. I'm going to agree with that, too, because I've seen people be detained and how many people it takes to detain one person. And um, I think that the whole system of, of policing needs to be restructured. I think we should look at... I like the way that England does it. They have billy clubs. I don't think we should all have guns. I think if we, but then second, I mean, there's so many, the United States is really sticky. We'll see what happens.
It's funny because at this point I've got so many right-wing friends in the United States that I actually kind of understand their side. I've been swayed so far from the social justice warriors treating me like shit that I've actually been pushed right. Huh. I don't even believe in right-wing politics. I'm a classic hippie. <laughs> You're Well, uh, my parents were kind of hippies, but now they're Republicans. So, that I mean, that makes sense too. You, I mean, but we all swing. We swing wildly depending on our our experience and what happens in our lives so we just have to start valuing each Funny, other's lives. I don't agree with right-wing politics I don't agree with right-wing politics I just disagree with snowflakes <laughs> <laughs> that too well it's the entitlement of the snowflake that makes me crazy uh last uh last words yeah. uh, fantastic Lizzie Stanton what do you want to what do you want to plug what do you want to push you got a new album coming out you're going to be doing com- oh, musical God, comedy no, now? Oh, no, no. Um, I would tell people to go to my Instagram, at Lizzie A. Stanton. Um, but aside from that, no, I don't, I don't really have anything to plug. The only thing I can say is just instead of always virtue signaling, I just wish that people would just stop treating each other like fucking assholes and just yeah. quit being offended snowflakes. <laughs> I, hey, I agree with that. Well, uh, if everyone would just start treating each other more nicely and caring about one another's feelings just a little bit more. Here's my. Hey, this is. We the, all need to be like the Australians. Let's start calling each other cunts, but we know that we're mates, right? We, we know that we're mates. Well, this is the other thing. If you are gonna have your mask down for any reason, you better be smiling. Everybody, if you're gonna have your mask down because you're smoking or you're eating, just flash a smile at your fellow human, because we don't get to Especially see that much anymore. Especially if you're a woman. Yeah. Especially if you're a woman. Yeah, exactly. So right. Show them that pretty smile. smile. Give them a good day. Nah, I just, I mean, all people, let's all smile at each other a little bit more when your mask is off. Uh, well, this was really fun to gossip with you, Lizzie. Yay! You got to hear my story yeah, about how I was now. abandoned by all my friends. Uh, well, we'll have to do this more often. And uh, thanks for zooming in all the way from British Columbia. I can't wait till you can, I can't wait till Biden's back so that maybe you can come visit us again. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, he'll, he'll start molesting all the little children because he's a pedophile, and he'll allow Canadians back. He'll in. Allow Canadian. Well, you know, he only had seven rape allegations, where Trump had 23. So we're, we're going <laughs> in the right direction. Less rape exactly. allegations for our presidential elect candidate type people, and, and maybe, maybe he'll, he's so old he'll die, and then we'll have Kamala. We'll have a. Can you imagine a woman? In the White House, what's oh, going to happen then? Would it be she great? could throw me in jail along with all the black people she did. <laughs> well, those were drug issues. In the, that was the three strikes law, and she was a prosecutor. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> anyway, you're the best. Uh, we'll talk soon. To Have a great, great Love you. Okay, love you too. Yay, Lizzie Stanton, everyone. Yay. And that, and that was Lizzie Stanton. Let me bring up some music. Uh, all right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me today on Mutiny Radio. Dot FM and dot SF. And this was some Call Me Tim. We were chilling out. I'm going to play the breaker and then there'll be some more stuff. Hey, come to Asiento tonight. I think we have like two reservations left. You should check that out on Eventbrite. This Friday, we have Comedy Clubhouse here, 7 o'clock, outdoor comedy. Saturday is jitters and titters at, at new at new harmony cafe and what else is going on the 22nd at resolute wine bar check out 
awesome comedy there as well. All right. Uh, I'm going to actually I'm gonna play some commercials. There we go. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Tebow of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do, to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast. Zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. 
one of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it and don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global 
guava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines. Vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, Write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders. Look good on camera. End all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And... Invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. You'll hear the minute at three with that horn, and that means wrap it up. That, but I mean, actually, there's so much time today. I'm yep, 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 yep. It's Bug Ass Square. It's Tuesday. It's um. Six o'clock. Well, it's not Tuesday. It's not six o'clock either. Have you seen that 
that vigilante man. Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. Hey, this week on Buckhouse Square, it's uh, well, what is a it's the third, and I'm not sure how long I can keep track of this, uh, but this is the third. We're still working the bugs out. Um, I listened to that last week's show, and there were some... Uh, a couple of glitches in there. Not sure what's going on, but um, we're forging ahead in these uh, days of quarantine. I hope you're um, uh, keeping your sanity and uh, listening to a lot of music and, and doing uh, helpful things for those around you. If there is any, uh, you know, those around you. Uh, this week, as far as music, I just uh, I'm just picking, picking. Got a little uh, Easter thing going on. We got one more week. Yep, one more week, not even, it's less than a week, um, then I can start drinking again. <laughs> I'm gargling like three times a day, just to, you know, no, no, it's, uh, I got it under control. Um, but this is, a, we're still in the, at the house, in the room, uh, what can you do? But uh, I got a lot of good music, so um, stick around, thanks for doing what you got to do to do. Killed him in the river, some strange man was that, a vigilante man. Shotgun in his hand, would he shoot his brother and sister down? I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle. Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land.
to sleep well tonight. Let the world turn without you tonight. If we try, we'll get by, so forget all about us tonight. Surely you're not saying still have me move while you still see me you'll be lost you'll be so so Close your eyes. Close